Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, June 28, 2017. Today, we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 5, and we are at page 60, Paragraph 3. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Roz R., for the 12 Traditions, Yvette A., reading the text are Leslie W., Deborah R., and Deb W. The reference numbers for Tuesday, June 27th, for the, 10, for the 7 a.m. is 10091, and for the 10 a.m. is 10092. That's 10091 and 10092. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater, overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeater eating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Roz R. to read the 12 steps. Can I be heard, Katie? Yes. Thank you. This is Roz R. Recovered in Florida. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thanks for letting me share and give service. Thank you, Roz. I will now ask Yvette A. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Yvette A., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our group, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, 
The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at a level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Yvette. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 60, paragraph three. And Leslie W. Um, will begin reading and she's gonna read three paragraphs and we will comment on all three. Leslie W., please press star one. Good morning. This is Leslie W., recovered in Tennessee. Thank you so much for letting me do service today. Being convinced we were at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood him. Just what do we mean by that and just what do we do? The first requirement is that we can be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. On that basis, we are almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. Most people try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangements would only stay put, If only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. Everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make 
these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, he is more likely to have varied traits. What usually happens? The show doesn't come off very well. He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes, on the next occasion, still more demanding or gracious, as the case may be. Still, the play does not suit him. Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he is sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, and self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Is he not really a self-seeker, even when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages it well? Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things he wants? And do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show? Is he not, even in his best moments, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? This is Leslie W. Recovered, compulsive overeater in Tennessee. There's a lot in there um, that I would love to uh, unpack, but um, I'm going to try to keep it brief because I know there's a lot of people that want to share on this. But for me, um, the actor, the performer, the, the whole idea of being an actor really, really appeals to me because um, – I'm definitely, you know, a performer, a singer. That was something that I was trained to do, and 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 I felt like I knew how to do that. But what I didn't know was how to live a real life, an honest life. Um, I liked pretending. I liked putting on a show. Um, I liked the praise and adoration that I received from it. And this definitely speaks to the part the part where it says, is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? Man, that just gets me because when you're doing things that you think are, are, are beneficial, when you're doing, you have to really look at your motives. And I've had to really examine my motives because a lot of the things that I did in my life, I felt were kind. You know, I felt that I was a good person. I felt that I was kind and considerate. But most of the time when I was doing things for other people, I always expected something in return. Um, Or I was doing it because I wanted them to look at me and say, oh, isn't she great? Um, My motives were never pure. And these three paragraphs, really, really forced me to take a look at that. Um, What was my part? How did I set the ball rolling? You know, was I a victim of the delusion that I could be happy if only certain things happen, you know? And uh, even today, you know, even today with my kids, I'm like, why does my three-year-old have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning banging on the door and interrupt my quiet time? Why does my why why do why do people expect so much of me? Why this? Why that? If only I had this. If only I had that. Um, it it never ends. And so for me today, I really have to look at how 
what does God want from me? You know, how can I best be of service? When I'm agitated and irritated um, at people, I know that there, that means that there's something in me that's that's not settled. So I have to look at that. I have to look at, am I producing harmony or am I producing confusion? You know, um, do I seek to be understood or to understand? Do I seek to um, to give rather than receive? You know, that's what I'm looking at today. And and I'm so thankful for this program and for this, this, this meeting that really forces me and challenges me every single day to look at that, to look at my motives, to look at um, am I really – um, what am I bringing to life rather than than getting from it? Um, you know, and and that's 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 what this is all about. So thanks for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Leslie. Okay, who would like to share on these uh, paragraphs on page sixty? Charles H. Tina S. Kim Larry K. R. Reva P. Harlan G. Donita R. Okay, um, I'm going to have to go with these six to begin with. I have Charles H., Tina S., Larry K., Deborah R., Jan S., and Matt M., and we'll get the rest of you on the next go-around. So Charles H., please go, followed by Tina S. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overheater. Um, There is a lot. In these three paragraphs, I just want to—I want to—I want to drill down on one word: convince. You know, I looked that word up. It says to believe firmly in the truth. You know, I was reading um, "Pass It On," and you know, Bill, Bill, <laughs> Bill was a very intellectual guy, very smart. Filled with depression, and 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 was—he was definitely an alcoholic from the from the start. He had so many opportunities. I could so identify with him. Um, and he didn't believe in the truth. Even when, even as his addiction, like, took him down, he still did not believe in the truth. And I so identify with this. I've been on vision for a long time, and I ain't believe in the truth. So to believe firmly in the truth, we had a newcomer come to the vision meeting last night, and you know, I gave him my number, and I, I talked to him, and everybody was swarming him and all that. And, you know, that was nice. And you know what I mean? But, like, we're not going to convince anybody to believe in the truth. I'm not going to – I don't have that power because um, I didn't believe in the truth. In Virginia Beach, I was resentful of y'all. Y'all ain't had no orange juice and ketchup. What? And I'd like to tell you that um, I didn't have any since then, but that's not the truth. I walk in my truth today. Like, you know, I gave the guy my number. I sent a couple of sentences to him. You know, if you want help, I, I, you know, I'll reach out. I'm not, I, I can't sell anybody the truth. Nobody could sell me the truth, right? You know, nobody could sell me the truth that I'm, I'm the common denominator in everything. It's all about me. And, you know, that had to be smashed in the first, how can I believe, um, and turning everything over if I'm still eating. How? How how can I believe that? You know, guys call me like, hey, you know, I'm ready to do business. All right, call me when you're ready. Because I'm not with all that talking with you and try to talk you out of it. I can't. Because even in, in Dr. Bob's nightmare, 
when when he came home from that that uh, convention, he was in some town, messed up, and Bill W. picked him up, and and and, and bought him a few drinks, cause he knew he was going to do it anyway, <laughs> and that was prior to June tenth, nineteen thirty-five. Thank God for that. And in closing, um, we we owe a lot to um a man named Leonard that paid for Bill W.'s uh, trip to Charlestown Hospital. I mean, this guy really tried a lot. Bill tried everything from here to Christmas, and, and this man was broke, and this man invested in him, and, and, and the rest is history. So, you know, hopefully you can be convinced in, in closing. There's a lot of people on here that's still on here that's been on here that wasn't convinced from day one. So, you know, your truth will... In closing, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Charles. Okay, Tina S., you're up, followed by Larry K. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great stuff again this morning. You know, uh, and I, I'm in agreement of what was just shared. And being convinced, you know, for me is, uh, you know, I have to be completely certain of what you know, of the previous three pertinent ideas. And am I in agreement? Can I answer yes for myself to A, B, and C? You know, and by the time I'm getting here in the work in the book, I'm saying yes, you know. And and what do I do then? You know, I, I'm deciding. I'm making a decision really to go on with the rest of the steps, but to turn my will and my life, which aren't just my thoughts and my actions, because I was just so overwhelmed. Will and life, you know, it sounded phenomenal, you know, but, you know, it's pretty simple. It's my thoughts and my actions, you know. And I love that it talks about all self here because that's certainly what I am if I am in self-will, you know. And I'm almost always in collision with something or somebody, and that's for certain, you know. And one of the things that I really like today is that I have an opportunity, you know, because if I'm in self-will, you know, I just want what I want and when I want it, and I want you all to do it for me, you know. And then it talks about being a self-seeker. You know, in the food, you know, in, for me, in the booze or in the, in the sex, whatever it is that I use so that I can fill that hole with something besides a power greater than myself, you know, I am a producer of confusion rather than harmony. But the opportunity I have today is to make that decision on a daily basis. You know, we talked about this yesterday, the one, two, three balls. You know, I'm sure we've all been there, done that. You know, but after we're on three, we have to make the decision to finish the dance you know, to go on with the rest of the steps, to have that spiritual awakening, and, and what a gift it is, and I'm grateful to be here, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Deborah R. Good, good morning, Katie. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Um, here, let me set my timer here. Okay, so... You know, and I, and I thought that uh, in reading this paragraph, I thought that food resulting in a fat body was my main problem when I got here. So now I get here, and, and at some point I learned about my problem in the doctor's opinion and something about that I have a lack of power. And, and then I learned about the solution in step two that I'm going to need a power beyond myself and so now I arrive at step three, and it says, we just read, so just what do we mean by that, and just what do we do? So it's going to give us some specific instructions, and we have to understand better. Well, here's my first requirement. 
It says, we need to be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. But see, now, for me, even in program, I was between a rock and a hard place. Because you're telling me that my life run on self-will can hardly be a success. But wait, I'm already successful. See, I chose to look at erroneous evidence. So I went all the way with my education. Couldn't go any further there in my formal education. I chose to look at that evidence. It was erroneous. It had, truly had nothing to do. My life was unmanageable. Didn't matter how many degrees. I, I chose to look at other evidence. Let me look at my bank statement. Let me look at this. Let me look at that. Well, I, got, I, you know, I have this, I have that. And I built a case to myself that, no, I was successful. Now, give me the diet. And, of course, we know, and I know from experience, that never works. So we have to examine these things when we arrive at step three. If I'm not prepared to turn my will and my life over to the care of a God, a God that I don't even understand, by taking the rest of the steps, that was all that was asked of me. That if there is a power, maybe just maybe there's a power greater than myself, and how am I going to turn my will and my life over to that power? I'm going to immerse myself in these instructions. I'm going to humble myself by taking these steps without an emphatic understanding if it's going to even work. And yes, that's what's required to take step three. Because if you're like me and you're continuing to build a case to yourself that you are successful based on A, B, C, D, I can assure you of something based on my experience. You will never have you will never have a spiritual awakening or a personality change sufficient to change you in a way and to, to, to eradicate this obsession. I know that from experience because I dilly-dallied in this whole thing and I was waiting for the magic to happen. I was waiting to be sprinkled with pixie dust. Didn't work. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Deborah R. followed by Jan F. Good morning, fellows. This is Deborah R. and I'm I'm grateful that I can be here to share and um, study and and read this big book with you. Um, lots of good material in here, um, as well as the rest of the book. Um, the first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. Um, and what does it take to get convinced? I think it takes a lot of hard knocks for me um, and a lot of reading and a lot of self-introspection and, and leaning on my higher power to look at the truth within myself, which isn't always a happy picture. Um, but this book and its 12 steps and working them in succession have given me a life better than I could ever imagine. Um, on the next page, on 61, on that second or that first full paragraph, about halfway down, um, Bill uses the phrase, is he not, like five times, is he's not really a self-seeker, even when trying to be kind, is he not a victim? Um, 
of the delusion that you can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if you only manage as well. Boy, you've got my number right there. I can answer yes to that. Um, control, 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 so everything goes fine. Is not, uh, for the third time, it's evident to all to the rest of the players that these are the things he wants. Like, they know what the game is. They aren't happy with that. And do not, his actions make each of them wish to retaliate. Do I not set up the ball rolling for everyone's displeasure? Um, Is he not even in this best moment the producer of confusion rather than harmony? Um, Looking at those and answering yes to them, um, it's not always an easy thing to do. And then even if I could face those facts, how do I stop doing all that? Um, and I have to just keep reading this big book and learning in the future pages that there is a way out and that's working on a 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 and living in 10, 11, and 12 and that I can... Ask to be God's servants, or servant, and and um, be the best child of God, and give service instead of confusion. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah R. Okay, Janice, you're up, followed by Matt M, and then we will have an announcement. Good morning. This is Jan S from St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share today. Um, I love these these uh, pages, 60 to 63, because this is just this is just me. You know, um, I can't even imagine how many times the world the word self is included in here. You know, self, 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 self pity, self selfishness, self centered, ego egotistical. Um, this is this is where I have to really stop and say I decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood him. Well, if if I don't turn my will, which is my thinking, and my life, which is my actions, over to God, nothing in my life is going to change because I was a slave to self. I was a slave to everyone else who didn't do what I wanted them to do. I was, a, I was a slave to my resentments and my defects of character. Um, I was all the mean, egotistical, selfish, dishonest. I was sweet and kind, all about what I wanted. I was continually looking outside myself to fill the big giant hole in there that not even huge quantities of food could fill. So whenever I have a day where I am struggling, I go right back to 60 through 63 and 64 before I, you know, even do my little spot check inventory because I got to get rid of self. Self, 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 self. If I do not lay my self-will at the, at the, to the hand, place it in the hands of my higher power, 
I'm not going to surrender my will and my life over because that's what it takes for me. I must, I must relinquish self. God, God does not want to compete with myself. And he will just continue to let me run riot, self-will run riot, until I am ready to surrender. And that means surrendering what I think, how I act, what I do, and all of that will be through the steps and not through my will anymore. So one day at a time, I'm grateful I have these steps because they teach me how to live my life. And, um, and, they, and, this, and this 12-step recovery program has helped me just let go of the, the need and the want to pick up any of the food. So I am very grateful. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Jan S. Okay, Matt M., you're up, and then we'll have an announcement before we take more. Uh, Good morning. Good morning, this is Matt M. from New Jersey. Good morning, fellow visionaries. Um, th- these paragraphs are really powerful. There's a lot in here talking about, you know, being a self-seeker, being kind, virtuous, and patient at one, on one level, and being egotistical, selfish, and dishonest on the next. When I read these paragraphs, I, I, I crossed out where it says me or he or him, and I wrote down I, me, and am I, I I am and I I read these paragraphs now because I, this is really what I'm like when I'm in the food. This is really what I'm like when I'm when I'm selfish to the extreme, or when I want I want to be like altruistic, but I only want, but I want to get the attention. I want to be like, oh look what Matt's doing. He's doing such a good job. You know, I want a pat on the back. That's not what this is about. This is not about getting like kudos for how well I'm doing. And um, that's why I have to sometimes read these paragraphs because it reminds me that I really have to really check my own motives at the door and find out why I'm doing something for the reasons why I'm doing it and do something for the right reasons. You know, I'm not perfect. No one, no one ever is. But uh, I really have to watch myself because I do that. I do want attention a lot. I'm, a, I'm an attention seeker to the extreme a lot of the times. I want negative attention sometimes rather than positive attention a lot of the times as long as it's, as long as it's attention of some sort. And I realize this is not this is not who I really am. This is this is the disease thinking, the sick thinking that makes me think and act that way. And I know that's not really who I am. And uh, I'm grateful that I can see that because the blinds have been lifted. You know, the uh, the I mean, the coins have been taken off my eyes. I can see for the first time, rather than looking being blind and blind moving through life like I was doing. You know, selfish to the extreme, egotistical trying to be someone I'm not, and I'm grateful that I can do that today, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Matt. Okay, Monica, you're up. Yeehaw! Good morning, everybody. It's Monica T., and you know what? It's getting closer and closer here when what am I talking about? I'm talking about our second convention that A Vision for You is hosting, and where is this going to happen? It's going to happen at... Marriott Hotel and Convention Center at Liberty International Airport in New Jersey. When? September 15th through the 17th, 2017. And how do you register for this? And you need to run to your computer here. Go to www.avision4u.info. 
And that's how you can register for this great convention that we are going to be having. And if this is anything like the first one we had two years ago, you do not want to miss this. And yeehaw, I'm looking so forward to meeting and seeing every single one of you. So come on, let's go. Thank you, Monica. Okay, who else would like to share on this um, section that we read? We're on page 60 after the ABCs, the next three paragraphs. Janice M. Janice Melissa Rita P. P. Melissa, okay. I have Lisa LJ. Lisa LJ. Okay. Reba P. Okay, just one second. Let me say who I have here. I have Janice M, Reva P, Danita, I think it's R. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, okay, Reva P, I don't know who it is. Oh, I don't know, I'm not sure. Okay, Melissa C. Was it Melissa C? I think Melissa. there's two. Yes, Melissa, Melissa C. And then Melissa, another Melissa? Yes, ma'am. H, as in happy. Okay. And But before, okay, sorry, I really messed this up. Janice M, Reva P, Danita R, Melissa C, then Lisa with two initials, um, and Melissa H, and Dorita P. Okay. So let's go with that. Janice M, you're up, followed by Reva P. Go oh, on. I'm sorry, Janita R back there. Okay. Sorry, go ahead, Janice. Yes, I know you're doing a great job. I know how it is. <laughs> this is Janice M, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Okay, you know, this this particular paragraph, you know, it, it's very, it's it's really simple, um, you know, this step, the third step states, and I will read it, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. So I see three parts in this particular step. First of all, we don't do anything. There's no action here. Okay, some people say it is an action, but it really isn't. All we're doing is making a decision. You know, a decision is always followed by an action. If I'm going to want to go to Aruba, we have to make a decision. And it's only a decision. Before I can get to Aruba, I have to make do some actions. You know, buy the ticket, go to the bank. You know, you know what we have to do. So in this step, for, for me and for us, is we're just going to make a decision because we've concluded with ourselves in our minds that, I can't do this thing. I'm powerless. My life is unmanageable by me. You know what? It's not a manageable it's not unmanageable by my father or my mother or my husband. It's me. It's me, dear God. So I have to make I came to a conclusion with the four the four chapters previously that I am unable to manage my life. My food, my everything about my life. So if I'm powerless, then a power has to do it. Now, I'm not, you know, whatever power that's going to be. So when it says to turn our will and our life, we're not really doing that at this step. We're not doing it because we don't even, I don't even know what I had to turn over yet, yet, until I did some action. I mean, I, I, 
So therefore, the turning over is just the decision to change. And how am I going to do it? Well, we'll see how it comes out. And then it says, the third part is over to whom? Not over to self, because self can't heal self. You know, my thinking and my behaviors, I'm going to turn, I'm going to change to a God of my understanding, whatever that power is going to be through the actions of these steps. So it's really simple. I used to think, well, you know, okay, oh, yeah, okay, I turn my life and my will, my thinking and my actions over to God. No, we're going to decide to do that. That's the decision. Because if I'm the power, I don't have to be ma- I can't make a decision to turn over my thinking and my actions over to anybody if I still think that I, uh, I'm powerful. So I have to be really, there's going to be no reservations of me that self-sufficiency will do it for me because I was brought up that, you know, as as a woman, you still have to be self-sufficient because your husband might die and, you know, you have to have education, et cetera, et cetera. So that it's just a decision. And with that, I pass. And thank you much. Thank you so much, Janice. Okay, Reva P., you're up, followed by Dorita P., Good morning. It's Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. Um, what these paragraphs remind me is what my life is like if I don't move past step three. If I'm not convinced that I need a power that's not me, um, and if I don't learn how to access that power by continuing on with the rest of the steps, four through nine, and then 10, 11, 12, um, basically the rest of the steps. This is what I get, whether I'm in the food or even when I'm abstinent. If I only stop and admit that I'm powerless, but I don't access the power by taking the action, I become this person that I'm just demanding that everybody behave and do what I want them to do so that I can feel okay, so that I can feel comfortable, so that I can feel safe. And it doesn't work because it's based on the delusion that if only people, places, things were a certain way according to what I think um, because I think I know better um, and I'm running the show and I become like the higher power, I make a mess. Um, and I'm a producer of confusion rather than harmony. And for so long, I remember hearing in the rooms that step three was, you know, turn it over, turn it over. And as um, we just heard, the turn part is not what I'm doing. I'm making the decision. But I need to be convinced because otherwise I'm not going to make the decision to go on with the rest of the steps. Um, so I think it's really important you know, to not underestimate these pages that come before um, because I can't convince anybody. Um, I need to be convinced by the disease itself and I need to do this where I try harder and try harder and become more and more virtuous um, and more and more whatever to get what I want and then see it doesn't work. Um, and with that I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Okay, Dorita P., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Dorita, please press star one to unmute. Unmuted. 
Hi, this is Dorita P, but I didn't speak up. I think it was a Danita. This is Dorita P, but I didn't speak up this morning. Thank you for thinking okay, of me, though. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Dorita. This is Donita R from Brooklyn. Okay, that's what I had written down, and then I thought I had done it wrong. Thank you so much, Danita. Go ahead, Danita. Then we'll have Melissa C. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. You know, um, every time that I, I hear or read this particular section of the book, I get so emotional um, because I'm still in me. I'm still in the food. I'm still in the shopping. I'm still being willful. I'm still in the fetal position. And me reading reading doesn't take me out of it. Um, But I do have to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. Because me doing it my way is not working. My my sponsor keeps telling me, and I hate the word, and he keeps telling me that all my ideas must be smashed, every last one of them. Well, I'm 65 years old, and I've been living on my ideas for a long time. So to smash them, and my definition of smash is just like glass breaking and shattering all over the place is like what I feel that's going to happen to me. But how I'm living at this moment in time is horrible. And I'm so tired and I'm so much fed up with me. I'm just so tired. I want change. I need change. There's so much in in, in those paragraphs that we read. I don't want to reread them because we all know what it says. It says that that is me and that is always going to be me unless I change me. I have to be the grown-up here. I can't be this little kid anymore where everything is my way, even when being nice or nasty, where I have expectations of people and expectations for me are premeditated resentment, no matter if they're good expectations or bad expectations because people are not going to do what I want them to do. I can't hardly even do what I want me to do. You know, So I'm so glad that I did chime in because I haven't even came on the on the um, bridge for a long time because I've just been doing me. So I'm so glad God, I'm so glad that God directed me to listen this morning. And um, I need help, you know what I mean? And I know that I just have to smash my ideas, you know, and take this one day at a time. But I know that I need what I need what's out there. Uh, I, I need what you guys have. If I want what you have, then I have to do what you do, and I can't do it the way that Donisa wants to do it. Thank you. Thank you, Danita. Okay, and now we have Melissa C. followed by Lisa. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And um, I'm so happy to read this this morning because, um, you know, I'm recovered, but I'm not a saint. And so, um, you know, in theory, I, 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 not in theory, but I pray every morning, you know, thy will not mine be done. And I can say it. Um, in theory, but it's hard. It's really hard for me to live it because, um, you know, I'm walking around with human beings and, and so, um, sometimes thy will be done looks like other people getting their way, not my way, you know, and, and I get confused. Well, what's God's will and, um, what's this person's will? 
and why is that coming to fruition? You know, and so, like today, um, I have today is my last um, day of of the school year. There's no kids, and it's a staff day, and I have the ability to like make this day a pile of crap because. We're going to do team planning, and the truth is I suck at team planning because I like to run the show. Um, I think I'm right. I think I know everything, and that's my, you know, that's my my ego. That's my truth. I'm, I'm bright. I do a lot of research. I know the topic that we're going to be planning on, and it's really hard for me to um submit to other people having a voice and getting their way. And I I pray this morning, you know, God, please help me be a better listener than a better communicator because um, I'm fairly good at communicating. And so I think I can piss off my colleagues because I can trample on their ideas. And um, and it's hard because I think I'm so smart. I think I know best. And you know, that's my truth. And so part of what I have to say to myself is, really, you really think you know best? You can't even determine how much food to put in your mouth. How smart do you really think you are? And and the other thing is, you know, being smart or being right um, is not equivalent to managing our life well. You know, I could be the brightest person. I could be the most right person in the room. But I'm not going to be happy, you know, and I'm not going to have – that peace, the serenity, what is my purpose? My purpose is not to be the smartest person in the room, to be the rightest person in the room, to get my way in that room, but to be, you know, a, a, a messenger of God, to, to go with peace, dignity, grace, love, you know, and so I, I'm really happy to be on the line this morning, and I'm going to bring, like, uh, you know, these words with me, like, just do not, I do not have to run the show. I can, I can be a player. You know, how about I just assign, you know, do the role God assigns. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, Lisa, I'm sorry, I didn't get your initials. You're That's up, quite all right. Good morning. This is Lisa J.R. from Maryland. Um, I'm really just so grateful that we're in this section of the book. These are really hallowed pages for me. Um, When I first cracked open the big book, um, I was so delighted when I read the doctor's opinion because I finally knew that, you know, yeah, this is really a disease. Um, And then I continued on, and when I got to Bill's story, um, the hair got up on my back because I thought, you know, what an arrogant, selfish ass this guy is. You know, I was very, very critical of, of Bill you know, um, and I continued on and, um, you know, when I got to these pages, my eyes were opened and it was sort of an epiphany. Um, I came in here, um, living like I was the center of the universe and the rest of y'all were just passing through, you know, um, it isn't that I didn't do good things. You know, I went on mission trips. I worked at the soup kitchen you know, but I there were dividends. I got people, oh, my gosh, how nice for you to go on your, your vacation to Honduras, you know. So I lapped that stuff up. I lapped up all the praise and the, the accolades. and But nothing, I, I don't think I ever did anything. When I finally got to my fourth step, there was that common thread of selfishness, of controlling, 
of self-centeredness. And, you know, and I realized that service is, service being of maximum service to others is our goal. Service um, is at enmity with selfishness. The two cannot um, coexist. And if they, you know, if you try to make that happen like I did for years, it was nothing but misery and nothing worked. Relationships were dashed. And obviously, you know, I, I dove face first into the food. And I'm just so grateful we're at this section of the book because it um, it was the beginning for me. And um, I'm just really grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lisa J.R. Okay, Melissa H., you're up. Melissa H., please press star one. I did. I I couldn't get to my phone. Um, Good morning, everybody. This is Melissa H. from uh, Tennessee. And I'm so grateful I was able to get on this meeting today because I've been blessed, truly blessed, in this program. And I'm moving through my change of life, you know, at at my early 50s. And I really wanted and felt urged to go back and re-surrender to my higher power and work step three because I've had um, a lot of weird things happening in my body. Uh, to me, they're weird. They're very natural, I'm sure. But my hunger has been greater, um, all these kinds of things. And to be able to sit in a meeting and tune in by the grace of my higher power, and it's all about the concept of the third step, it's just unbelievable. I I don't know that I have much experience, strength, and hope to add other than to say no matter how long someone's been in recovery, um, this is my experience, no matter how long I've been in recovery, it is very important to have the willingness to go back and retake those steps on an as-needed basis. for that, I'm very grateful. I have so many. Let's, oh, thank you. But oh, was that a time? Anyway, no, that was not me. You still have a minute. Oh, that's fine. I'll wrap up, but I'm very grateful that you're here. Thank you for not Okay, thank you so much, Melissa. Um, Okay, so we have time for two more shares. Who else would like to share on this? Nessa R. Harlan G. Okay, I heard Nessa R and Santa H. And then I'm sorry, Harlan, if you could stick around for the next hour, unless everybody just takes a minute and a half. Okay, Nessa R, your turn. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Vision for you. This is Nessa R. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. This statement gets me all the time. 
life run on self-will can hardly be a success because that was the gross, the most gross understatement of the year uh, with regards to my life, you know, because, uh, sorry, I think somebody's unmuted because I'm hearing an echo, um, but uh, um, I was saying I, I thought I knew what was good for me and for everybody else. I knew what would make me happy and what would make everybody else happy. And I was like a bulldozer and a steamroller all in one, uh, roaring through my life and through people's lives. You know, um, you know, the problem was that my best thinking got me 70 pounds overweight. Uh, it almost destroyed my most important relationships. My family life was full of tension and acrimony. Uh, I got fired from two jobs after being passed uh, up for promotions, and I was miserable and depressed. Uh, my family was miserable, like nobody was happy. And it was all driven by the delusion that if only my circumstances were just so, you know, if my little plans and designs uh, would come to fruition, then I would be okay. And the truth is that, you know, the more I tried, the worse things got. The harder I worked and exerted myself, uh, the, the, the less I got what I, what I thought I wanted and needed. And, you know, this is the beautiful paradox of this program. Now that I've decided um, in step three to turn my will and my life over to the care of God, you know, and follow through with the rest of the steps, I no longer have that pressure to run the world and run the show, and I don't, because I can't. You know, I tried, and I made a mess out of things. So now I work on a different principle, you know, instead of focusing on, you know, getting what I need, I focus on being useful. And that is um, a much more satisfactory way of living you know, it, like my family life has changed completely. You know, I can get along with everybody at work, at home, on the street. Um, I'm very content with my life. And the interesting thing is that my circumstances haven't changed very much from what they were, you know, six years ago before I recovered. But everything has changed. Everything has changed because I've been transformed as a result of this beautiful program of recovery. I've been transformed as a result of, you know, putting down my trigger foods entirely 100% and then following through with this program of action steps 1 through 12, you know, in their entirety. And, con and I continue um, to do that because it works. Why would I stop doing what works? You know, for many decades, I, I, I persisted on doing what didn't work, regardless of the fact that the evidence was that I wasn't getting what I wanted. But now I have a beautiful life. And so I continue doing what I did yesterday and the day before because it works. I keep the food down and I work these steps every day because I just wouldn't trade what I have now for anything, um, anything in the world. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, I'm sorry, but we are out of time. So if Santa H and Harlan G could stick around for the second hour, um, I'm sure the host will um, call on you. Okay, so thank you to everyone who has shared. 
Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, June 28th, is 10094. That's 10094. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Deborah R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to us and to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.